0: Hallelujah. It's so good to be here. I'm getting a chance to see some of my family. I have my daughter Gina here. I have grandchildren here, uh, great-grandchildren, and a great-great-grandchild. <laughs> so we are uh, we're, we're blessed to be here. We love this place. We love you. I love this worship team uh, that I've enjoyed for the years that we were here, and I think about them all the time. They they the best as far as I'm concerned. Wow. Brother. And I know one of those songs with brother Ray that you wrote, I can recognize it, brother. I can I said, I told uh, Sister Lori that's gotta be Ray's song. And she said, Yeah, that's it. I gotta keep wiping my eyes every time. <laughs> but praise the Lord. It's 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 good to be here. Uh uh God is great. Yeah. He he is great. Yeah. Uh uh. Pastor Dave was talking about how how I uh, value my salvation. And I think about it all the time. It's almost 50 years now. And I remember when I got off my knees accepting Christ into my life, I had heaven on my mind. And I want to tell you, (laughs) I'm getting closer to it now. It's still on my mind. I'm going to heaven. I don't, I'm going to try, try to bring as many with me as I can, but I want to tell you, I'm gone. In fact, I preached a message in the Metairie Church on, uh, about the uh, wedding feast, that there is a supper that we are invited to, and, and I got that invitation 50 years ago, and I'm showing up. I'm not gonna be like those who had all the excuses all right. of not showing up. Oh, I got something else I gotta do. Oh, I got, I just got married and I gotta go be with my wife. No, I'm showing sure <laughs> up. I hope you are too. Praise the Lord. This tabernacle ministry, which is our three churches. Has faced a lot of adversity this past year. I mean, I can't. We're still doing it. Our Shalmet Church, has got has a whole. It's got to get a whole new roof. Here we are getting ready to do the Band of Brothers, our national conference. the The, the roof is gone. Not gone, but it's leaking, and and uh, we don't know whether we got to tear walls out. Now we got to uh, get prepared for our national conference. So, uh, Pastor Chris, is just. Uh, He's, he's, uh, he's getting baptized into the ministry right now. So, <laughs> but we had to deal with COVID-19, trying to maintain an effective ministry to our congregations and also our communities in which we are part of. But as an overseer of this ministry and pastoring our, our new church in Metternich, I have the responsibility along with Pastor David and he, and uh, Pastor Chris, the senior pastors, along with our associate pastors and our CPA and our accountant, uh, once a month we meet and we uh, look, over everything because we are responsible for everything. We look at our attendance, we look at our growth, we look at our financial position, we look at our vision, we examine our vision. We concluded that all three of our churches have their own unique challenges. Everyone's different. We're in different locations, different people, and, and fighting challenges takes strength and energy. Just like fighting Hurricane Ida, it took strength, it took energy. My wife and I, personally, we did very well. We had no damage to our home. Uh, It was a miracle that no trees fell on our property. We got trees all around. Not one fell. Uh, I was waiting for them to come. I said, trees are going to come down. That's just the way it is. But none on our property. But that Sunday, like everybody else, our power went out. But we still had power. We had a whole house generator, uh, which runs on propane. (laughs) But after five days, (laughs) propane was gone. So we were back to no no power, uh, no, no electricity, no gas, no nothing. So we had to wait for the gas company to come. And we couldn't maintain our life at home. We had to sleep by my daughter. Mia's down the street. They had a little propane left. The energy was the main concern we had after Ida. And when I began to seek the Lord about what to speak here, in fact, I was on my sofa. I I had another message I was going over, and the Lord showed me something, and my wife was there. I jumped up, and I had to run to the office. She said, what's up? I said, well, God's showing me something else. And... uh, and uh, he gave me this message, I believe it will fit all three of our churches. I'll try to bring it to all of them. The Lord has shown me that our ministry needs our energy restored. It's time. It's time for men to rise up. There you go. <laughs> That's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I'm talking energy that only God, yeah. only God can give us. And, and being in a ministry over 40 years and pastoring uh, the tabernacle ministry over 30 years, we have faced many challenges, including Hurricane Katrina, which was our biggest. I mean, we lost everything, a, a whole congregation, almost 600 people, We lost community. We lost everything, which actually sent us here to start this work here on an offshore. But I can tell you that God has never failed us to overcome all the challenges and to restore our energy. So I I titled this message, Restoring Our Energy. And uh, the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Colossian church Reveals where this energy comes from and why we need it. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. The Apostle Paul says, Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, which is the church. That's us. Church is us. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the saints. That verse of scripture there is just, it's amazing. Paul said the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages. In other words, when we read the Old Testament, the mystery was there. See, it was a mystery concealed, but in the New Testament, the mystery is revealed. That's us. God was holding on. Thank God that we're living in this age where the mystery is not hidden, but it's been brought to light to us. And then it says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy which so powerfully works in me. This word uh, energy is only used one time and it's only used in the NIV translation the King James translated workings. Uh, the New Living Translator, uh, Translation translates it mighty power. So this energy Paul is talking about that was working so powerfully in him. I, I like that. And, and uh, uh, this was not his physical strength. This was not his physical energy. He said it was Christ's energy working in him. Our churches have exerted a lot of physical energy the past couple of weeks because of the storm helping our churches and our community. The Metairie Church served hundreds of meals last week. We got hooked up with uh, Mercy Chef. They cooked the food. We gave it out. And, and uh, that Friday night in Metairie's parking lot a West Napoleon, we were give, giving out meals, and we also had a, a place in Fat City where we were giving out meals. If somebody let us use an empty par, uh, empty lot, so we set up there. We was giving out hundreds of meals. We had to prepare them. The food was cooked. We prepared them and gave them out. Saturday, we had seven of us men, three women, drove down to Lockport to Victory Life, one of our churches that The auditorium was totally destroyed. It was one of our sister churches. We spent five hours there in the heat, cleaning and clearing the parking lot of storm debris. And then we drove back Saturday, uh, took a shower, and we went back into Fat City and back on West Napoleon Avenue, and we gave out about another 800 meals. And we wasn't supposed to have service Sunday, but we did anyway. I left early. I said, i got to go home and get something. We're coming back. We're going to have service. We had service. And after service, we packed up again, went to Fat City, gave out another 400 meals in the rain. Okay, so we, we exerted a lot of physical energy. All of that work took physical energy to do. But what we need in our ministry right now is spiritual energy. We need spiritual work to be done. See, now is the time to go to work, but it's not physical work we need. We need spiritual work. Paul said this in verse 29. He said, To this end I labor struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. See, without his energy, churches close up. Without his energy, Christians give up. They leave the faith. Because you can't do it physically. You can't live the Christian life on your own. I had people tell me all the time, uh, unsaved people say, I I just can't live the way you live and these Christians live. I said, I know you can't. You won't. (laughs) You need his strength. You can't do it in the natural. You got to do it in the the supernatural. You see? But, uh, Paul said, to this end. Now, what was he talking about? What was the end? Well, we find out what the end was in a previous verse, in verse 28 where he says, we proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. These are the three things. This is the end. He said, to this end. What is that end? He said three things. To proclaim him... To admonish and to teach. That takes spiritual energy to do that. You don't do that with physical strength. You have to do that in the supernatural. This is the end which Paul said Christ's energy was working so powerfully in Him. Okay, this is what we need. See, this is what we need now. So, the first thing he said to proclaim Him. Who is Him? Him is Jesus. See, we don't proclaim a church. We don't proclaim the tabernacle ministry. We don't proclaim any ministry. We proclaim a person. His name is Jesus. And it's going to take that energy to be able to do that. See, to proclaim Him, we're talking about evangelism. We're talking about reaching the lost. We're talking about reaching people who are not saved with the gospel. See, that's our number one mission, as a church, and also as a believer. Believe it or not, you and I are personally responsible to winning people in our own world. We are responsible for that. We are an ambassador of Christ. That we need to engage our culture with the gospel. We are commanded to do this by the Lord. This is not a suggestion This is a command of the Lord to do it. But you can't do it on your own. You'll be discouraged if you try to do it on your own. We are commanded to do this by the Lord, Mark 16, 15. He said to them, go into all the world, preach the good news to all creation. Pastor David can tell you, on one of the walls in the Metairie Church, we got Matthew 28, 19, and 20. we got it on the wall, because that's what we're about. We're not about anything else. This is what we are about. And we cannot do that in the natural strength. See, the theme of Christianity is not a theory. It's not an institution. It's not a book. It's not a set of rules. It's not a code of morals. It's not a system of philosophy. It's not even merely a statement of truth or a principle. Because, you see, you can't love... You can't worship. You can't pray to a principal. You have to pray to a person. And his name is Jesus. That's who we proclaim. The person. Not the institution. Not the religion. Nothing. We proclaim the person because that's what they need. We must proclaim a person. He's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and their Lord and Savior. So the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4-5, Paul said, For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Paul told all the churches, If you want to boast on anything, I'm going to boast in the Lord. I'm going to preach Christ and Him crucified and nothing else, because there is nothing else. We don't need physical energy to do this. We need Christ's energy to motivate us to do the work of evangelism. I believe in the scriptures. I don't, I don't have it in here, but in Ezekiel, when God gave Ezekiel uh, what the new covenant was going to be all about, he said, God says, I'm going to change your heart. I'm going to take that stony heart out and give you a heart of flesh. And he said, then I'm going to put my spirit in you and I'm going to cause you to do the things that I want you to do. See, this energy that Paul is talking about will cause you to do. what It will cause us to proclaim him. That's why we are Holy Ghost people. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit. We We believe in living with the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit, because that's how it gets done. We don't need this energy if we're not motivated to use it. You don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit if you're not willing to witness to anybody. If you're not willing to let the world know that you belong to Him. If you're not motivated to do that, then um, you got the wrong spirit in you. We don't need that energy if we're not motivated to use it. Okay? Uh, You don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you don't plan on being powerful in God. Jesus told his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This energy Paul is talking about is powerful. It's it's the power of God's Holy Spirit to do the work of the ministry. Let me tell you something. Uh, uh, I, I know the history of Pentecostalism and uh, I was in the Assemblies of God, one of the groups that came out of the latter-day outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. Back then, they had nine Pentecostals like the Baptists, and, and thank God for the Baptists, they preached the Word, but they had an issue with, with the, the Holy Spirit. They still do. <laughs> that, that, you know, the Holy Spirit, that those people who speak in tongues is of the devil. Well, it took them about, uh, 75, 80 years to realize those, those devil people were winning people to Christ and making an impact on the world. And gone and missions have been, uh, I mean, the, the, the Assemblies of God's missions exploded all over the world. They realize there's something to this. They still don't preach it, but they don't deny it, that something is happening with those Holy Ghost people. Thank God for the Holy Ghost people. So the, the first work of the ministry is to proclaim him. Now is the time. See, for believers, now is the time to do it. Now is not the time for us to be re- reveling in the love and the fellowship that we have here. I love being here. I, I love being among people. I, I tell the church all the time. If I wasn't pastoring, I'm gonna be in a church somewhere. I'm gonna be with God's people. I'm gonna be in the body of Christ. But guess what? This is not where we. This is not the end here. Right, right. This is not the end. But well, we gotta love coming together. But really, our work is out there. Yeah, right, That's what Brother David was telling telling you my plight when I was when I was pastoring in was the Assembly of God Church at the time. And, and listen, I was so thankful of being saved that I wanted to get everybody saved. I want to get all my family saved, everybody I talked to. You need Jesus, everybody. And when God gave me the vision of going out, I had to meet with the board and sat with them, told them my plan. It was a congregational-style government back then where the, where the members voted on where the church was going. People don't know where to... They don't even know where they're going. They're going to vote on where the church is going. Okay? Uh, But anyway, that's where we're at. And I got the board together, told them what I was planning on doing. We're going to reach people. I said, listen, I didn't give my life to do this to hope that somebody on Sunday morning is going to walk through those doors. I ain't going to sit here and wait for that. The the commission is to go. (laughs) We're going to go. I said, I've got to get out of here. We're going out there. And, and they, they rebelled against me. And, and let me tell you something. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. If i got to die doing it, I'm, I, that's the way it's going to be. But I told them this is my plan. I'm going to get this church together. We're going to have a members meeting. I'm going to have them vote. See? I'm going to have them vote. You want to vote? They're going to vote whether they still want me as their pastor. Okay, and I did that, and they still wanted me. Uh, and I told them, I said, if, y'all, if they still want me, you guys got to find another place to go to church because I'm going on. <laughs> well, they went down the street to the happy church, and they watched the church in Shalmet go from 250 people, almost 600 people, in less than two years. Okay, I'm going to follow God. And, and I believe where we're at right now, with three churches now. We're, we're right where God really wants us to be. But it's not time to settle in here. It's time to look out there and say, we got to reach people for Jesus. I love the enjoyment of comfort. I love to sit here. I love that, but I can't. I can't. See, the world is in a critical state right now. I follow the news. People say, I quit watching the news. No, I got, I got to watch it. I got to see just how crazy this world is because I'm responsible for leading my people through this craziness that, that we are engaging ourselves in. The world is in a critical state. Are being, people are being led away as sheep to the slaughterhouse. And we can't sit back as a church and not do anything. This is our time. This is our time as a church. When things get tough in the world, people begin looking for answers. And guess who has it? We have it. We have the answer. His name is Jesus. He's the Lord and Savior of their life and their world. It's time for us to proclaim him. That is Jesus. We've got to proclaim him by witnessing and being a witness. You don't always have to open your mouth. You just have to show people you're different. You got to show people you don't go along with the gang. You got to show people you're not going along with the world's policies and the world's thinking and the world's religion. You got to show them that there is a different way. And believe me, they're going to ask you. They've asked me over the years. They've asked me, what's up with you? I tell them, Jesus. This is the greatest task of every believer. And this must be understood. It's got to be clearly seen. That is every one of our responsibility. There is no greater truth that exists in the world other than Jesus Christ and Him crucified for the world that man can now have their sins forgiven and they can live forever. I'm living forever. Don't cry about me when I'm gone, because I'm not dead. I'm still alive. I'm not here, but I'm not dead. So don't worry about Brother Carl. We got to tell him. You can be delivered from that addiction. Listen, we having fun in we, we, we We're down in the gutter right now, and I love it people are getting free of drug addiction. They're throwing cigarettes away. They're doing all that stuff. And how does that happen? It's supernatural power. See, power is at work. And, and people need to hear it. Just think about it. We have the perfect cure for mankind. We got it. Every trouble that's in the world out there can be solved if they just repent and turn to Jesus. Everything could be settled. We have the cure, and it's in our possession to give out to everybody that's in need. We need energy to proclaim Him, and we need to evangelize. Paul said it was Christ's energy that was working powerfully in Him. It has to work powerfully in us. If not, we're going to get discouraged. If not, we're going to quit. If not, we're going to say it's no use. No. When that power is working mightily in us, you're going to see it working. We're seeing it work in Metairie. It's happening. We're out there. Listen, I was preaching out there on the highway. My wife can tell you cars were passing. They heard me preaching. They just pull in. They didn't know what was going on. One woman told her husband, pull in. I'm hearing the word preached. Come on. So that tells you that people... A warning to hear something. And guess who's got it? It's us. So we need this this energy, and it's his energy. Paul said it's his energy. See? It's his energy that is working so powerfully in us. To do what? To proclaim him? Then to admonish and to teach. See, we need energy to evangelize, but we really need energy after that. Getting people saved is the first thing. But then, i got to deal with those people. <laughs> they got to be taught. they got to be warned. You've got to start dealing with them. Having the baby is one thing. Huh, Stephanie? Having is one thing. Keeping it up after that is going to take a lot of energy. Last year when we was in construction in Metairie, I was preaching out in the parking lot because it was COVID. The place wasn't finished. We set up the speakers outside. We're preaching out in the parking lot. We had, we had the transmitter to their, their radio that can turn the radio on. They, they would hear me preaching in the radio. They had a man across the street he lived on a corner right across the street, right across from the canal. And he heard, I had the speakers speak, he could hear me preaching from across the street. He's a believer. He, he came over and he stood over and he heard me preach. And, and then after the service was over, we got back into the building because we had to start working again. We're preaching, then working. It takes physical energy to do that. He came into the building, introduced himself to me, And he said, I want to let you know, pastor, that uh, I go, that gas station on the corner there, I go in the middle of the night, and I'm handing out tracts, and I'm witnessing to people. I said, is that right? He said, yeah, I've been doing it for years. I said, tell me this. What are you going to do with that person after you lead them to Christ? And he looked at me. He says, I guess I'm going to have to bring them here. I said, you're right. (laughs) you got to bring him here. But his name is Chris His wife, Lisa, tremendous Christians. He's got a Christian radio station, Jesus Worship Music, on the web. Look up. It's very good. Playing good music, what have you. But anyway, Chris realized when he, he, he became a part of our church, let me tell you, it's a blessing out of heaven, but he realized when he understood our vision, of not just winning people, but making disciples out of them. He says, oh, I see, now this is where the work is. I said, yeah, yeah. Going out there, witnessing people, getting them to say the sinner's prayer is one thing, but what about what you're going to have to do with them? The work's got to start. You've got to start teaching these people. You've got to start admonishing these people. You have to, that's where it's going to take the work. I had to warn a few of them already. You, you, can't, you can't do that. You, got, you can't do that. See, warning people refers to one's conduct and behavior. If they're not behaving right, you got to warn them. You can't, you can't do that. This admonishing and teaching takes spiritual energy because it's a heart condition. This admonishing teaching takes spiritual energy that can only come from God, and we all have a need of it, especially all of us who our hands are to the plow in this ministry, especially our life group leaders. See, our life group leaders are the laborers here. See, and this is where true discipling takes place, and it takes energy, not physical energy, It's going to take His energy to work powerfully in us that we can teach and admonish those people that God has given us. I'm believing that our energy is going to be restored. But but what's going to happen when it does? Well, I'm going to tell you in our ministry. First of all, our personal spiritual life is going to be restored. See, it's got to happen with us. First, before it can happen in the ministry. We need to return to our first love, which uh, uh, Brother Ray's song, With he talked about that. I said, man, this is right, right, fitting right in here. we got to return to our first love. Our first love is Jesus. And what everything Jesus represents has to be our love. And we need to return to that. See, our personal relationship has to be restored. See, life and circumstances can cause us to lose sensitivity to the one we're serving. And, and we lose sensitivity to the presence of the Lord. See, we can't just be satisfied showing up here. On, we, you need to be here. But I can't be satisfied just showing up here on Sunday because that's the right thing to do. And, and give up my offering because that's the right thing to do? No, I can't be satisfied with that. I can't be satisfied with that. because And you can't be satisfied that the church is doctrinally sound, which it is. We don't preach no craziness here. We don't do that. We're going to preach the Word of God and, and let the chips fall where they may. See, we need to get back to the things... We did at first being evangelistic with compassion for the lost. Not only seeing them saved, but having energy to admonish them and to teach them. This is where the spiritual energy, the the energy that we can only get from our Savior to get this work done. This energy is the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that works so powerfully in us. Paul said this, verse 29, to this end I labor struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. This is normal Christianity. This this is not some radical thing. This is normal Christianity, living in the power of God's Holy Spirit. Listen, God is willing by His grace to restore our energy. If we ask him. He's willing to do it. And I'm going, to tell you, I'm going to give you the scripture. Where he's willing. In 1 Peter chapter 5. Peter says this. And a God of all grace. Who called you to his eternal glory. In Christ. After you have suffered a little while. That's what we've been doing. Will himself. Restore you. And make you strong firm and steadfast to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. That's us. Say, we've suffered for a while, but by his grace, he is not going to withhold that restoring of the power to us. Listen, it's time for the church to stand up. It's time for God to make us strong, firm, and steadfast. This is our hour. Listen, the way the world is going, I believe we might see Jesus come back. <laughs> Listen, I heard that 50 years ago. It's, I'm 50 years closer to him coming back than I was when I started, but I'm believing this for this tabernacle ministry. I'm believing it for myself personally. You no, know, the Apostle Paul says, on outwardly, I'm wasting away. I'm, I'm 76, going to be 77, but I'm still pumping iron, still doing a mile and a half a day. I still want to finish running this race because I believe I might be here when I see Jesus come. Okay? Now, I'm believing that, that this energy is going to be restored to our ministry. And, and for it to be restored to our ministry, it's got to be restored to us personally. If you believe that, stand with me. Whew, feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I want to read this. The Apostle Paul says this in Romans chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. He's writing to the church in Rome. He says, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. That's what I'm here to do. I want to be encouraged. I want to be encouraged by your faith. You need to be encouraged by my faith. And I believe I want to impart something to you today. I want to impart the hope that if you just ask God to restore the energy that you need To be what he wants you to be and expects you to be, that it'll happen. I'm believing it not only for myself, I'm believing it for all of our churches. If I get a chance, I'm gonna preach the same thing in Metairie That I'm going to Shalmet probably in December. I'll bring it to them too. Because I believe God has given it for all of us. This is our time. This is our time. I've never seen the world in such a condition as it is. I've never seen the spirit of Antichrist so prevalent. We as believers are under attack, whether you believe it or not. We're under attack. Our government is going to come against us. But I want to tell you this. When I read the book of Acts, persecution broke out in Jerusalem. The church scattered all over the place. And they preached the word with power. So I believe that if persecution comes, it's coming because God's going to allow it to come. And it's going to make us either sit down or stand up. I'm standing up. I'm not going to waste any time. I'm not going to waste any energy. I'm going to stand up. Because Paul said, his energy is working so powerfully in me. See, it's not going to work if you're sitting down. It's going to work when you stand up and say, God, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this.